1: Woohoo! Hot, hot mama. <laughs>
0: okay, so but as long as we're looking like we're in Star Trek, there's one more thing you need to do. I want you to tell me a little bit about your trip to Ohio. And I think the two highlights I heard was the French restaurant. And yes. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that maybe you didn't find amazing, but (laughs) Edward
1: did. Well, no, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was pretty cool. It was pretty darn cool. And the Go-Go's were being inducted that day. So that was pretty cool. There was, oh, I forget which one. One of the Go-Go's had a book out. And so she was actually there signing copies of her book and everything. But, you know, I know, I know. Famous people. You got to see famous people. Oh, no, they were in a room you had to. You had to have a ticket to go into the room and you huh. had to buy a book. You know, and, you know, we had a lot to see, a lot to do. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to stand in a line for hours. So you weren't stuck in the back door and like,
0: no, you, know, you know, running after the tour bus?
1: You know, I'm a weirdo. I mean, there's a lot of people that I admire their talent and I recognize how... Um, talented they are, especially writers. I mean, you know, music, uh, songwriters and people that can write songs and play incredible but I'm never ever even when I was younger there was never anyone that was like oh my god I would just die if I got to touch David Cassidy's hair I love or, that or, you called out <laughs> David Cassidy of all the people I know I, know. I just <laughs> pulled out something you know or what was that guy what was the guy from the monkeys Davy Jones yeah Davy Jones <laughs> we are totally not dating ourselves right now I know. well you know what there were reruns I I would still watch Bewitched reruns right now if they were on. Oh, yeah. Uh Um, But anyway, so I just was never into fame like that because I always recognized and appreciated the talent. But there's still a whole lot of talented people out there that either didn't get discovered or didn't want to go that route. So I just never was that fascinated with fame. So we're walking through and Edward reads every single little thing everywhere. I mean, if it's a gum wrapper on the floor, he thinks it might be something important. So he picks it up and reads it. And that's fabulous and great. But I can buzz through and check out everything, read every little plaque, and I am done. I don't have to sit and contemplate and go, Oh, my God, look at that guitar that Eddie Van Halen made himself because they didn't make one like you. Let's look at how he put all the duct tape around that. Isn't that neat? Uh, Yeah, I just don't do that. you know. And so I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I was... In and out. I mean, mentally, I was in and out much quicker than Edward was. And by the way, do you know um, Pat Benatar is like this big? I mean, they had her dress in there. It would not fit my granddaughter. But this woman, I mean, it had one of her dresses in this case. And, you know, a lot of them were slim people because of anyone in the public eye, they tend to watch their weight a lot. I mean, I was looking at the rib cage. Of this woman, she must have been just a little fairy pixie. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, you know, uh, Lisa and I had the opportunity to go to Paisley Park. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, the same with Prince's, you know, clothing. Yeah. It's like this man was minute. Tiny. Minute. I'm yeah. yeah. like, um, my thigh is as big as your waist, dude. I know. <laughs> that I know. doesn't say much about my thigh. Yeah. But, So,
1: but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was really cool and they call Cleveland are the. In the old days, I didn't know this. I just learned this while I was there. They used to call it the mistake on the lake because of you know the government at that time when I don't know when that was hundreds of years ago, like in the seventies, seventies, eighties. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was a while back, but they um, had some problems, and they called it the mistake on the lake. But anyway, it was just a lovely town. We stayed in this uh, Glidden house, which the founder of Glidden Payne, his son and his wife built it, and they. It's now a boutique hotel on Case Western University. And it's, you know, not the fanciest hotel by any means, but it was just really cool to stay right there on the campus. And then there was this really, really cool little French restaurant that was like maybe a tenth of a mile behind it. And the food was just yum, 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 yum. It was just a party in your mouth looking for a place to happen. Super good. Super, super, super good.
0: <laughs> to be fair, before when you said that,
1: you said it was a party in your piehole. <laughs> Party in your piehole, party in your mouth. It was, you know, it's just a party. It was so good, and we had never had Greek wine. Now, one reason we got the Greek wines because all the wine at this place was really, really overpriced, except for the Greek wine. <laughs> and so, so you drank the vinegar. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, I'd never had Greek wine. And it was a little sweeter than what I like. I mean, it was still a dry white wine, but um, it was pretty tasty and then we thought oh well we were supposed to be in greece but we couldn't go to greece because of covid so if you can't go to greece where do you go ohio
0: and drink the greek wine
1: (laughs) i know right fair's fair anyway so it was lovely so we had a good time i like it i think we need to do like a just pick all 50 states we've got time and we'll just pick a state and do a road trip through each state yeah Yeah, let's do it I think you could skip a couple of them. No, there's there's value in every state. Every state's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you skirt the edges of a
1: couple. Yeah. <laughs> of them. There's a few that I wouldn't mind skirting the edges of, but for all kinds of reasons, you know, I'm not a big hot weather fan. So if it gets swelteringly hot, then I don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> no. When I did that big bike race eons ago, I Got to hang out in Idaho. And I think I had similar feelings about every place I went in Idaho. Mm -hmm. Like maybe the feelings you had up on the mountains, you know, whatever, last November when you guys went and stayed in that lovely little cottage in the mountains. Mm -hmm. I felt that way everywhere I went in Idaho. And I, keep telling my husband I'm like we're gonna go back like Boise in town had the lovely feel of like this college town but it was you know very retro and you know had some awesome breweries and Mm -hmm. you know you could tootle around and shop in an antique store or shop in uh you know more we'll say modern shop kind of thing like all within the same street or section of the street and then if you left Boise every place you went it was like either this beautiful little foothill town or it was you know mountainside town and the sights are of course beautiful if you look past the building in front of you to the mountains and everything around you but just in general the pace was so Mm -hmm. like hey let's just walk with a glass of wine and talk and see and you know just lovely
1: I would love to tour Idaho I mean it. It was a it was a surprise for me too. But I only went to Priest Lake, so the Seaboy's Boys here. Any of those places.
0: You and I should plan a date to Idaho.
1: I know.
0: And maybe we'll let the guys come with.
1: Him. I know. Edward's going to Idaho in February. We could stalk him.
0: Maybe we could make that work. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in. He doesn't need know. to know. I know, You're peering
1: right? around the corners, and ever's like, "Oh my god, I think I keep seeing my
0: wife." <laughs> like, isn't it funny when I stock her telephone? It says she's like right behind. She's like me. right here.
1: You know, I have turned that find my phone off. <laughs> yeah. So, Tanya, what are we talking about today? <laughs> we are talking about sound baths and sound bath meditation yikes i know i'm excited and i really i've never done one it still
0: just blows me away that you've never done one
1: well think about where
0: i live i know i wish you could come i'm i've now since scheduled a bunch of them
1: Mm -hmm. i've seen that and i keep looking for one to be on zoom but no,
0: it's just it's so hard to transmit yeah. that sound over yeah. Zoom. It'd be different if you had like all of the musical equipment that was recording the sound, you know, mm-hmm. with, you know, the lovely recording studios that they true. have. But to try and record the sound in a large room where there's bodies and maybe a couple people coughing or clearing their throat
1: and stuff like the sound is just not the same. Well, I do have a few questions for you, but first, can you just, for people like me that have not done it before, can you kind of tell us a little bit about the sound bath meditation and what people experience when they're in it, when they're doing it?
0: Yeah, like most people are like, well, why? Like most of the time I'm trying to have silence. There's truth in that. However, this is different sound. Like, this isn't busy sound. You know, like, you can go out and be, like, honking horns, you know, city streets, like, chaos of noise, phones ringing, like, in Mm. a store and beep, beep you know, Red Isle sail or whatever, like all this chaos of sound. Mm -hmm. Whereas you can also like visualize if you've ever been on an airplane, sort of that you take off and it's like this deafening hum of a sound, right? Mm -hmm. So there's kind of like this difference in sound, but sound therapy in the means that we're trying to transmit it is more along that side of vibration and consistent sound. It's not so chaotic sound. Mm-hmm. Now there are times and places like where you could go and maybe you aren't prepared or you've got a lot of stuff that you're hanging out with and you go to a drumming session and that drumming session leaves you feeling rocked like no
1: I have done that I've done drum circles and that's amazing Yes. so it's the same kind of feeling but yeah on the different on a different, different ends.
0: on a different level but similar it's that mm-hmm. hopefully that rhythmic sort of consistent sound versus that chaotic sound and you come to this place of when you settle into the vibration the consistency that a good sound bather is sort of trying to you know move the frequency so that they're driving that similar effect like you would in meditation like we're going to present the question and then we're going to give you time to meditate on it and then we're going Mm -hmm. to bring you to a place of resolve and it's you know it's got the right curve and frequency to it so that Mm -hmm. it doesn't leave you feeling chaotic now that's not to say that there aren't a person a time or two that's left a sound bath and they feel chaotic but Mm -hmm. it's also because a they stopped themselves somewhere in the process and didn't allow themselves to complete the process
1: Mm -hmm. or
0: b they fought the process the whole way along and if you fight the process the whole way along then it's going to be like anything else if you go to yoga and fight the process you're not going to get the benefits of yoga
1: right so mm-hmm.
0: there has to be that little bit of mm, equal exchange
1: right well and i would say there's um psychological and and physical and emotional and spiritual benefits all of them playing into each other too oh, so 100 yeah, so you might tap into some pieces of yourself in that that might help help or hinder
0: yeah especially if you weren't expecting it now if you were Mm -hmm. expecting it and you knew that's what you were you know getting into so hopefully your sound bather Mm -hmm. gives you a little bit of that information before you get started so they don't just start into you know a big old gong bath and just you know set you aflame and then say okay bye good luck with that you know Mm -hmm. like there has to be some some path to that. But why sound, right? So you Mm -hmm. think about in meditation, if you don't have anything you could possibly think of to meditate on, meditate on your breath. And what are you doing? But you're listening Mm -hmm. to the rhythm of your own breath, right? Mm -hmm. You think about your cells, On a very physical standpoint, if you break it down, your cells are vibrating. Mm -hmm. What we're trying to do with sound is to bring all of your cells into the same frequency so they're all working together as opposed Mm -hmm. to having half of your body cells working on overtime, the other half of your cells not working enough, like trying to bring balance.
1: You know, I have a quote that I ought to share with you right now. It's from Dr. Michelle uh, Gaynor. If we accept that sound is vibration, and we know that vibration touches every part of our physical being, then we understand that sound is heard not only through our ears, but through every cell in our bodies. Voila! Isn't just what you just said? Isn't that awesome?
0: Yeah. So sound, vibration in general, it it can go all the way through the cellular, we're talking physical level. But if you are par for thinking quantum physics, now you take it one more level and we can move that sound all the way through the quantum physics level and now we're talking about every atom in the universe so we can take this room and with sound therapy create a really lovely community vibration mhm And it's just kind of, you know, just this perfect place for everybody to be. You think about the history of sound. Okay, well, why now? Why is this becoming such a big deal now? It's not. It's always been a big deal. Mm -hmm. Why do people sing in churches? That is Mm -hmm. all about sound and all about vibration. And it's all Mm -hmm. about unifying
1: communities. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when you use sound meditation, you're not talking about putting in your latest CD and flipping it on. No, we're
0: definitely talking (laughs) about tools and there are a lot of different tools out there. The Mm. tools that I've kind of collected are kind of more... Eastern style. We're talking about gongs. We're talking about Tibetan bowls. We've added crystal bowls. We've got the lovely sound of koshi chimes and Mm -hmm. rain sticks and rain drums. I mean, there's a lot of tools out there that you can use. And a good sound bather has many pieces because each of them will play with different frequencies, will play with different reverberation. And, you know, all of that is part of the therapy. So there Mm -hmm. is like we were talking about that sort of build and then gently calm and release so that we're not like, bye,
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And literally just that, Mm -hmm.
1: bye. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, say it one more time. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so tell me some of the things bowls can be made of. I mean, I have a little tiny Tibetan singing bowl that's brass. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So you can get brass, you can get copper, you can get crystal. I mean, there's... There's lots of bowls out there. My favorite are the crystal bowls, although I do mm-hmm. have a set of Tibetan bowls as well. I have a mixture of both brass and copper. So it's all in what you are driving it for effect. Mm-hmm. It's like having an orchestra where you have, you know, string instruments along with brass instruments, along with the drumming section and percussion, because you're driving that melody of sound. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Tell me, because like I, you sent me that beautiful picture of you at that retreat you taught at in Upper Minnesota. And it was such a beautiful picture. We're going to have to use that for this podcast because it was gorgeous. You have all different size bowls. Yeah. So I assume that obviously works with the different frequencies, but you had a lot of bowls around you.
0: Yeah. You a <laughs> lot of bowls. Well, you think about uh, when you play a piano, you have an octave. Mm-hmm. You think about no. do, re, mi, fa, sol la. Okay. So you have bowls. That are Mm -hmm. same in tone to those, we'll say, octaves. Mm -hmm. In the case of the chakra sets, it's seven tones Mm -hmm. because the crown tone, right, like somewhere between root and crown where we hit that eighth octave and repeat, right? So as we use the seven chakra bowls, we start at the root and we Mm -hmm. make our way up through the crown chakra. And those bowls are attuned to the seven chakras. Mm -hmm. If a person were saying, okay, well, an octave has eight tones, it actually repeats, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how exactly do they
1: promote relaxation?
0: Through vibration. Mm-hmm. You think about when we are talking about in yoga, the way it is able to calm the central nervous system. Mm-hmm. So also can the proper vibrations and tones calm the central nervous system. Again, Play with that because there is a way to use the tones to amp up the central nervous system so we can come to a place of self-study and then we bring them back down the mountain Mm -hmm. on the other side. So that is a twofold statement because we can use the tones and the vibrations to create the response we want, as long as we're willing to then massage everybody back down to a lovely place of calm. Mm -hmm. So it's no different than your yoga practice, where you do your warm-ups with your sun salutations, building to this place of a peak posture, so that then you can come down the mountain and leave with peace and calm
1: after Mm -hmm. your yoga practice. Well, besides peace and calm, what are some other benefits of a sound bath?
0: You can change. It's like manifestation. Mm -hmm. So it's a a lot like any sort of meditation practice or Mm -hmm. nitra practice or goal setting or manifestations. Mm -hmm. What we're doing is we're trying to place the idea in the head and then like vibrate it into all of the cells. It's like, remember when we were talking about the three tones in your mantra, Mm -hmm. you know, you whisper it, you say it out loud, and then you say it silently to yourself because Mm -hmm. you're trying to get through those layers of tissues. Mm -hmm. So also is the same thing with sound bathing and the vibration. It's about healing. It's about breaking down fascia. It's about setting up manifestations. It's about reorganizing
1: the cells, period. Mm -hmm. So it, you would say that it does help decrease the stress hormones. And uh, I would assume it can even lower blood pressure. Too. 100%. Yeah. yeah,
0: 100%. And again, I want to make sure that we're talking about using someone who is been trained in sound therapy so that, you know, it's not just, hey, give my kid a set of drums and let him have that, because that is not going to lower your blood pressure. It's like the first time your kid comes home from school with the little plastic recorder. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yes, 100%, as long as the intention is for that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And why is it called a bath? I mean I'm pretty sure I already know, but let's tell our <laughs> listeners why it's called a bath.
0: Uh, because it's literally all around you. Yeah,
1: and it's just bathing every cell of your body.
0: It's, it's literally, yeah, it's all around you. You're laying in it, assuming that you're laying or sitting down, but either way, it's it's all around you. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because good sound, a good sound bath will even vibrate you from the floor. It will vibrate you from the ceiling. You'll feel the reverberation in front of you, behind you. Mm-hmm. You'll hear some sound therapists say, depending on the effect you want, either face the sound or turn from the sound i'm i'm okay with that as a statement or a proponent but if you're really trusting in the space that you're placing the sounds, it's going to be all-encompassing anyways, so the direction doesn't really matter. I mean, it can be certainly more intense if you put your head right next to the gong yeah. versus if you place yourself a little bit away from the gong.
1: hmm Well, when you do a sound bath, do you use any kind of background music?
0: I don't for the bath part itself. Mm-hmm. I let the vibration of the instruments do all of the music. That's not to say that at the beginning, as people are coming in, or if you're setting intentions and doing a little bit of slow flow, that maybe you're using um, different sound or songs or Mm -hmm. mantra work or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. but during the actual bathing portion with the instruments, nope, it's just the sound Mm -hmm. of the instrument.
1: Mm -hmm. Because I would think that it would be very distracting because it would be almost competing with another sound and you want to be competing completely immersed in the bowls or the whatever instruments you're using, I would assume.
0: Yeah. And the same is kind of the same in theory, when you're doing a sound bath as a quality sound bath is giving each instrument its time. Mm -hmm. Now there is some times where you may meld between the two. So you might gently strike the gong and, you know, circle a bowl at the same time, just to create that movement. But it's not like you're like, Ding, gong, ding, gong, ding, gong. Like, because that's Mm -hmm. not the effect you're, you know, driving along.
1: So you're obviously not trying to play a song. How do you (laughs) decide what, I mean, well, how many bowls do you use? And how do you decide, I think, well, that one's kind of cute. I think I want to... Bong that one. I'm gonna swirl this one. I mean, <laughs>
0: um, so there, no two sound, no two sound baths will ever be the same. Right? Zero zip, not a never. My teacher taught me. The instrument plays you assuming that you have brought your intentions to the purest place and that you don't come into your sound bath and be like, oh, I'm in a piss poor mood, so I'm just going to beat the shit out of the drum today and my Uh people are going to have to just listen to that. Mm -hmm. So assuming that you set your intention purely and that you're like today's meditation, let's work through whatever manifestation and joy or whatever, that Mm -hmm. as you play the instruments, you're also playing them to a tone that feels like it's aligned with that intention. Mm-hmm. So if you strike the bowl and you're like, oh, that was a perfect tone or it wasn't quite loud enough, I'm going to strike it again. Or I'm, I like that tone, I'm going to strike it and then circle with it and, you know, use the vibration of it. So it's really just this quality of emotion, mm-hmm. like just playing it with just pure
1: instinct.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think it's more along the line of, Pure intention. Mm -hmm. Like, the intention is for good, it's going to sound lovely.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, I know, it was
0: funny because my son, when I got the gong, he's like, (laughs) can can I hit it? And I'm like, no, we don't hit the gong.
1: Uh
0: Like, we do not hit the gong. We don't hit Uh the gong ever. (laughs) Right. I'm like, if you would like to play the gong or let the gong play you, we can Mm -hmm. talk about that. And I'm like, start gently. I'm like, Mm -hmm. tap it. And now feel it. Because as the player... the the musician I don't I don't want to be called a musician I'm not a musician I do not have Mm -hmm. musical bone in my body I can't sing for the life of me Mm -hmm. don't call me a musician but if you like just feel the vibration come back at you it feels like I mean it's not hard to play Mm
1: -hmm.
0: patience and then you know practice like I sit and play with my gong a lot
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean that in the right way yeah Uh, Well, so if let's say you're going to have a sound bath meditation tomorrow and I decide to come to it, how do I prepare? Just like you would for yoga,
0: drink lots of water
1: Mm -hmm. because water is what moves
0: through our body. It's going to help both the sound, the electricity, the movement, the vibration, right? Mm -hmm. So drink lots of water, come hydrated. But then in general too, come with a good night's sleep. Try and be mostly de-stressed because if you come frazzled running from here, there and everywhere, Your experience isn't going to be as nice as if you're able to decompress, Mm -hmm. come and enjoy the class, right? So it's probably pretty much the same things we would say for yoga. Um, I do have a couple of people who are hearing impaired, Um, one who is deaf who does not use hearing aids of any kind. I know that vibration is going to get there, but I also don't want it to be upsetting for him Mm -hmm. because, you know, once he closes his eyes, if he drifts off feeling this lovely vibration, we also don't want to scare the crap out of him to wake him up or bring him back to because it's a dark, quiet place kind of thing. I have another gentleman who does wear hearing aids and he's coming and he says he will play around with it if he feels like Mm -hmm. having the hearing aids on is too much or too intense he may Mm -hmm. either lower the volume or turn them off completely and Mm -hmm. just live with the vibration he gets at the dulled we'll say hearing tone but the vibration itself it's going to go wherever it goes whether you're there or not right in terms of hearing it's a little bit like if the tree falls in the forest doesn't make a sound
1: Mm -hmm. right yeah well Do you feel like people stress about relaxing so much and they fall asleep that they don't experience or what, I guess, what happens if they fall asleep? Mm -hmm.
0: hundred percent no, because you think about even like the use of like hypnosis tapes and recordings that you Mm -hmm. can use while you sleep, sound vibration, it's not stopping just because you're consciously not hearing it because subconsciously you Mm -hmm. are. Mm-hmm. So the sound vibration is still going to work whether you're sawing logs or not.
1: Well, if I'm sound asleep and that it's over, how do you wake people up after that?
0: With my lovely voice. <laughs> Get up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no,
0: but yes, I mean it's it's like no different yeah. than when someone falls asleep right, in yoga. And, yoga. Yeah. and there have been times where I have gotten up and just gently wiggled a toe
1: or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, how does a person generally I mean, just from what people have told you and how do you feel, but how do people feel after a sound bath? The same way as after regular meditation, or how does it differ? It differs.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that they're no, not both good because they are both good, but most of the time what you hear people say after they have left a sound meditation is like, whoa, 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 like I mm-hmm. need to digest that for a time. Mm-hmm. And although you may have people who leave meditation with that, whoa, whatever just came up, I need to work on that or digest that. It's not that same like uh, everything in my body has been shifted. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit like how you feel after a really good massage where you're kind of like, okay, I need some time for my cells to readjust. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can have that same effect with meditation. But for the most part, people leave meditation feeling very sedate.
1: Mm -hmm. Whereas
0: when you leave a sound bath, you feel changed Mm -hmm. truly changed
1: well what's the best time to do a sound bath does it matter what time of day
0: i guess i don't even know the answer to that in terms of is there proof
1: scientifically Mm -hmm. i mean
0: for me it's whenever it fits in the studio schedule
1: (laughs) (laughs) because i think i would probably be most receptive me personally either first thing in the morning or later in the evening.
0: What's so interesting that you would say that because mm-hmm. you know, you think about Ayurvedically, mm-hmm. Ayurvedically, we would say sound would be during your pitta time, which is like ten in the morning to two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's when you want sound, usually in the morning, when you're in your vata time, that if you were to put sound into that, it might make you feel more frazzled. Like Mm -hmm. you think about waking up to an alarm or the phone ringing and waking you up. It's like sound like jumps you into this state of... Mm -hmm. What was that?
1: Right. <laughs> well, I think in the, for me, and if thinking about the middle of the day, because I always have so much going on, I don't think I could get out of my busy brain to enjoy it. Because I think the whole time I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this is really wonderful! Oh my gosh, <laughs> look what I'm missing! Oh my gosh, I've got a phone call in 45 minutes! Oh my god! You know, so it would be kind of that for me. So I think mentally it would be harder for me. Maybe you know, on that's a physical because you're standpoint. A, that's because you're a pitta on pitta steroids. <laughs> I get Man, it there there is that mm-hmm, I get it <laughs> okay well can you tell us your very favorite sound bath experience whoa <laughs> I don't know if I was expecting that did I was that on your list of questions it was it's the last one <laughs> what was your favorite sound If, if you want to share if you don't want to share you don't have to tell me
0: I will share it was in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And it was actually a group sound bath. So there was probably 14 people in the room and there were four people doing the sound bath. Mm -hmm. So there was a definite mix of tones and qualities. And the instruction was to have everybody's heads away from the sound. Mm -hmm. But you know, just enjoy it. But the intention in the room was very collective. And I feel like I went in with the right mental capacity and was completely open and completely willing. Mm
1: -hmm. Now,
0: to be fair, I didn't have anywhere to go afterwards except to lay in my lovely tent by the ocean. Mm -hmm. So I was set up for success. -hmm. Whereas in the real world, someone might go to a sound bath and still have to leave and run and pick up their kids from hockey and then deliver dinner to the house and, you know, whatever else is the list of things Mm -hmm. to do. So I was probably set up for success. But
1: Mm -hmm. well, mentioning that. How does that? I mean, it's it, the people still get the benefit, even if they do have to run out the door and go, you know, t- pick up their kids from school and then take 100%. them to
0: dance. You maybe just don't have the time to absorb, absorb it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, I want to. I want to try this
0: if you're interested in trying, I would suggest it. It's a lovely experience. Find someone, you know, who's been practicing for a time or that, you know, has, you know, got some great training and just go and be willing to lay down and just accept what happens.
1: Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I am Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of A Couple of Yogis.
0: We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions.
1: Email us at pod at gmail.com.
0: And like us on Facebook and Instagram at pod.